Hey everyone, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Um, this week has been weird for us, I dare say. It has been very strange. It's been like super slow, but extremely fast at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know those weeks when it's just like, I guess, I feel like it's very mirroring the weather that we're having in Vienna right now, which is the typical November weather, just gray and gray, and you never know if it's like 10 a.m. or 3 p.m., both look the same. And I feel like that's just, for me, that's been my mood as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's actually really funny, I didn't tell you this, but I posted on our Instagram something the other day. It was like a quote about like feeling your feelings and no feeling is final. And I just posted it because you guys seem to really enjoy the quotes and we love posting it. Anywho, and then three people texted me and asked me if we were okay, which is super, super sweet, first of all. But I was like, yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good. It's just been a slow week and a weird week, but you know, this has nothing to do with anything that had happened or something. Did you have to That's say? That's really funny because I had the same thing. No way. And I was so confused because I actually didn't see the post. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like, what is going on? What did she post? I was like, oh my God, Carla, what did you do? I thought you sent, I thought you posted like a photo of yourself crying or something. And I was like, oh no. No. And I saw it was really funny that people were concerned and very cute. So thank you. Yeah, it was very nice. And I think when we or one of us post something like this, it's not to get, you know, these messages or fish for pity or something. It's really just about being open that some days or some weeks are just, you know, not, not the best and nothing negative has to happen for that. Just sometimes your mood is just not the best and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that anything horrible happened or something. It's just some days or weeks are like that. Yeah, and I think that really fits our topic for today and our kind of thoughts around our topic because at first we wanted to do dissociation and the more we talked about it, the more we kind of decided to not really go into the pathology because it is very, very rare if you seriously have a disorder which um, incorporates dissociation is very rare and it's quite extreme and I think it's just not the best thing to chat about today <laughs> considering our week so I think a better kind of title for this week's episode maybe could be like disconnection yeah and I think we just also came up with it first of all it was requested by someone but secondly I think we all know this feeling that we've for example had this week um, where you kind of almost wake up and it's Friday and you're like what have I been doing all this week and it passed super quickly but as you said before also very slowly and you don't really know where the time went because you've almost felt like it was a trance and I think especially in this lockdown now in this time this is something a lot of people experience because all the days blend in and you get into this routine and you don't have really have much you know I don't know change of scenery so after a while it all feels the same right and I think dissociation is a great word to describe that but it shouldn't be confused with the pathological yeah term yeah 
And I think we're going to be talking about it in a much more everyday way. Yeah, because dissociation, as you said, is usually when used in psychology or psychotherapy or psychoanalysis, it is very often describes a pathological phenomenon. And it's basically a process where a thought or a feeling split off and then like repressed and um so you don't yeah it's it's a disconnection you don't feel connected but we don't experience it in this intense pathological way but i think we all know the feeling of for example driving in a car and like disconnecting from yourself yeah and it's almost like a meditative state um yeah i think when you think about the term in a more pathological way it's a very common response to people who have been through a lot of trauma hmm. um, so it's a way to kind of just leave the situation when things are too stressful or too overwhelming you can literally check out and when somebody has more of a serious issue this isn't just spacing out this is really their body is present in the room but their mind is not so yeah. it's not something that is just a subtle behavior it's very obvious and it's often hard to kind of bring them back mm. but i think in our case it's more of definitely it can be thought about in the same way you know things are stressful and we're kind of unsure about what's happening so we do check out a bit yeah but i think it's more in a subtle way where people wouldn't look at us and think Oh my god is this person here or not yeah i agree and again i think it's something that we all know especially when you're in in a class whether it's in school or in uni or wherever and you are there and you're even trying to really pay attention but you just can't and you kind of disconnect from it and this is something that happens to me quite a bit and i actually had this experience last week where i was in a lecture which lasted four hours and I was super interested in the topic but I kid you not after four hours it was like I was waking up I was lying on my couch and I had listened and I didn't sleep but I was like where did four hours go and I I could not tell you one thing that was discussed in mm -hmm. these four hours and I wonder why so once I had a self-awareness which is like these groups that we do in our university where we basically, it's like a group therapy setting and we just say whatever is on our mind and it's... Um, it's quite intense. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's led by a psychotherapist and they last for many, many hours. And I remember... <laughs> what feels like infinity. Yeah, it really does. And I remember this is super related because once uh, there was a topic of death and everyone was talking about death and dying and funerals and I was so bored hmm. I just wasn't paying attention and I just kept thinking this is so boring and then I said it and I said it's strange because I feel very bored and I was definitely like dissociating um, because I just didn't want to hear it and um, the group leader said well this topic is obviously very uncomfortable for you mm. and then i realized that it was very uncomfortable for me but it was really interesting that i turned that into boredom because i didn't want to deal with it yeah 
that makes so much sense and that really <laughs> makes me kind of laugh because you know what the topic of oh, last no. week's lecture was <laughs> what sexual dysfunction <laughs> <laughs> It was sexual dysfunctions, which was such an interesting topic, but I just could not pay attention. And we don't need to go into a why here, but um, definitely gives me th something to think about now. <laughs> but um, yeah, in that sense, um, I think we can all relate to this. We all have moments where we just disconnect and we're there, but not really. And what you just said, that maybe sometimes it's uncomfortable and it's kind of a way of your mind to protect itself, I guess. Again, I mean, dissociation is, among other things, also considered a defense mechanism, which we've talked about. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a protection. And it's really interesting to think about times where you thought that you just weren't interested or you were tired. That's a huge thing. We always have um, lectures and then sometimes people will say, oh, sorry, I, I don't really know what to say. I'm really tired. Yeah. And I think that's definitely not true. Or they think that they are, but it's, it's also a form of dissociation. Yes, and you know what else is? You already mentioned it, but boredom. Yes. I think totally. we've, we've discussed it recently, but as you guys know, when you're listening, Lola and I go to therapy. We've been going to therapy for quite a while, for a few <laughs> years, and we go a lot because that's a psychoanalytic setting. And as much as the main rule is in, psycho in psychoanalysis that you just talk about whatever comes to mind, there are sessions when you really feel like there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. and you really feel bored and I feel like this is something that we've both have experienced since the start of a therapy there's always phases where you're just like I don't know my analysis is so boring and this has become a huge topic in analysis also and that you also then say I sometimes get very angry and then I'm like this is so fucking boring what are we talking about yeah and then my therapist says why do you think this is so boring? Like, and then you started working from there and it's quite interesting to think about boring and that boredom in that concept. Yeah, and something that I noticed with me is uh, whenever I have a very boring session or I don't know what to talk about or I just don't feel like it. There's days where I'm just thinking to myself, I don't fucking feel like doing this right now. Um, it's always those are always the sessions before the crazy ones <laughs> yeah that's true and it's so strange because i leave the session thinking okay that was so boring i had nothing to talk about whatever and it's always the case with me that the next session is super emotional mm. and i think it's because i kind of can sense that things are not good with me or i'm not feeling well but before I really admit it and go into it, I it's like my last attempt to just cover it up and push it down. Yeah. That's interesting for me. It's very often actually that the boring sessions or the sessions that I consider boring in the beginning after like half of the session, those very often turn into the most interesting ones mm -hmm. because for some reason, this often brings up anger in me or frustration 
And when I'm bored and angry, I just don't give a shit. And I, there have been, <laughs> some, which, you know, psychoanalysis is really all about communicating just whatever is going on through your mind. And I still struggle with that sometimes. And you never want to like, I don't know, insult your therapist or tell him, you know, what, what is this shit? This is so boring. Yeah. But when I'm frustrated, I tend to do that. And that's interesting because that brings a whole new dynamic to the session. Mm-hmm. But something that is also connected to the topic of disconnection or dissociation, I think, is what we discussed recently, is having the feeling that there's many, many different parts and layers to you as a person. And you mentioned this um, recently that um, when you go into therapy or not even therapy, if you're just self-reflecting or whatever you realize that there is a part of you you know that tends to be i don't know aggressive and one that tends to be narcissistic and one that tends to be very ambivalent and there's all these layers to your personality and you almost feel like they're all split off and that it doesn't give you a whole picture of who you really are yeah Um, so i i've been struggling with that a lot because i always have a lot of anxiety actually about this feeling that I don't know who I am and there is like a sense that I'm unpredictable to myself like I can't predict how I'm gonna be next week or I can't predict how I'm gonna feel next month and this is something that really bothers me and I have I had the feeling that I'm always adjusting to my environment and there's no inner constant So the way that I am is always based off of what's going on around me and what's going on around me triggers a certain part of me. And then, for example, I will go through a small depressive phase because for some reason, something has triggered that. And then I think, am I like this? Is this who I am? But then I come out of that. And I go through, you know, a narcissistic phase where I'm very full of myself and Mm. I'm very confident. And then I think, is this who I am? Am I really a narcissist? And I think it's really important to consider the fact that, yes, diagnostic tools are there to help people. And it's very important to be able to treat people. But diagnostics can be very harmful, too. And... You don't have to define yourself by a disorder or even if you don't have a disorder you don't have to choose one that you're most similar to i think we all have many that we reach to or that we go to when we're in different kinds of stress or also in a positive sense when i'm feeling good about myself i do tend to be more narcissistic for example yeah, definitely. I can really relate to that. And as you say, I think we all act differently also in groups or in different environments. And I really know this, what you're saying. I think I think I've mentioned this before, but for example, we've talked about when we're with our families and I know that many, many people have the same, that you feel like you're kind of not yourself when you're with your family because they trigger something within you. And for many people, that's like kind of regressing to a certain role that you always played. And then when this happens to me, when I experience that, I 
feel so frustrated with myself because I'm like, this is not me. Yeah. But I, I have to let go of this idea that we also are being forced to believe from like pop culture, from movies, from books, you know, this like finding yourself. Yeah. It's not like there's one version of yourself that you find on a tour through Southeast Asia. Trust me, I've tried. But um, I think there are just so, so many layers inside to you and you act differently in situations and it, it's about accepting that. But it is very difficult. I also really struggle with that. And I think it can be looked at in a negative way where you think um, I don't have a cohesive kind of picture of myself and it can be thought of as a bad thing but I think it's a really really good tool to survive and uh, my therapist explained to me that when you're growing up and when you're very small I mean we all go through different traumas and what happens when you experience something in a traumatic way this doesn't have to be an objective trauma by the way it could be anything that you interpreted as traumatic for you when you experience these things that are really hard to deal with what you tend to do is you tend to split them off and you tend to have these parts of you that are independent from each other. And that's actually just a way to function in a better way. Because imagine if you had all of these parts active at the same time, you would be going insane. I think mm. you would be completely overwhelmed. So it's just a way of actually dealing with the different parts of you in phases. I think so you don't get overwhelmed and to relieve also all the anxiety that comes with each of them. Yeah, our mind is just very smart at taking care of itself and protecting itself from potential harm. Yeah. So it also can be elaborated and it can be kind of extended from your sense of self to who you think you are or your, how your behavior is or the picture that you paint of yourself to your beliefs hmm. and I think this is something for me especially that makes me very very critical of myself because I don't think I have a strong belief system my beliefs can be changed very easily and I change my mind very easily and for me that equals being weak mm -hmm. and other people, they have, you know, a kind of system in place of beliefs and they stick to it. And there's nothing you can say or do that will change these. And I always really admire these people and think that they got it right somehow. But my therapist really like knocked down that belief of mine and he was telling me that, you know, these people, they, they seem like they have everything together because they have such a persuasive and strong way of describing what they think and describing themselves. And this is very constant, which seems very stable. But these people, they, they can't go through any kind of change. Yeah. And you always have to remind yourself that there's always always negatives to every positive so 
although these people seem like very strong personalities who you know stand up for what they believe in and know who they are and are not willing to change if anything changes i think they have an extreme hard time and i think with me for example i don't mind change at all and it's very easy for me to adapt to whatever happens and yeah it's just interesting to think about that it is and i actually remember you know in high school when you come towards the end of high school and people start to you know some have plans some have ideas what they're gonna do you know that there's always these kids who know exactly what they're gonna yeah. do and i found maybe just in my personal experience but those are usually people who want to become doctors mm -hmm. and very often their parents are also doctors <laughs> Um, no judgment there, but very often um, it's almost this, you know, you're 18 and you have like a 10 year plan. Mm -hmm. And I always said that I found this a bit more creepy and a bit more, I don't know, it, con it would concern me more if someone who was like 18 or 20 or even 24 knew exactly what the next 10 years of their lives were going to look like instead of being like, oh, you know, I'm going to try this and that. Not to say that it's not good to have plans. And I know that people thrive on structure and routine like I do as well. I know I'm not a very flexible and spontaneous person, but I think finding that middle ground, as you say, to be flexible is super important because otherwise you also are kind of, you're molding already your personality and mm -hmm. then you can only fit into that. And your life, you know, if you have that plan and as you say, all of a sudden something changes, which it does always, shit happens mm -hmm. or not shit, just stuff happens, then you would be completely overwhelmed. And I know this from people in my very close environment who all of a sudden had to accept a failure or not getting into the program that they really wanted to go to or something. And then the entire world breaks down. Yeah, and it's so weird because I have this picture and idea of people that can't make decisions. Like, they really annoy me. Hmm. It's just annoying. Like, make up your mind. And also, <laughs> like, come on, you don't know what you think. How can you not know what you think? Just say your opinion. And it gets me so aggressive, but it's because that's how I am. Like, yeah. I am incapable of making any decisions. And it's something that I really struggle with because I'm just so easily convinced. <laughs> like if somebody gives me a good point to the opposite opinion of mine, I'm always like, you know what? I can definitely see that. Yeah. We actually always have this joke, don't we? Because I'm also kind of like that. Like um, I'm not also not the best at making decisions. I'm actually ironically better at making larger life decisions than small ones mm -hmm. you know what i mean i have a really hard time deciding whether if i have a free afternoon i have a really hard time deciding what i want to do with that but if i want to move <laughs> apartments i'm like yeah sure yeah if i have the possibility kind of like that but um we talked about that i'm the same in terms of i'm not very good at discussing stuff unless it's something that i have a very very strong belief about yeah. like if a psychology student um like 
provokes me into an argument about psychology or psychoanalysis, I will definitely, you know, participate. But if it's something I don't really care about, I'm not someone who easily goes into a discussion. And then I always, and I'm like, yeah, sure, you're right. That sounds like a reasonable argument. And people, I once actually met someone and they were like, no, no, you cannot just agree. Really? And I was like, what? It's a good point. And we had this joke that imagine us at like a panel discussion. And we would be like, psychoanalysis is the only thing. And then the opponent would be like, but what about la la la? And we'd be like, interesting, interesting point. (laughs) We've never thought about this. Go on. (laughs) You know what would be really good at though? Improv. Because the underlying theory of improv is that the one person does something and the other person says yes to it Mm -hmm. and then continues and builds up on it. True. Maybe there is a future in improv. Maybe there is a future in improv. (laughs) If you in the future see us somewhere in in like a shady little improv theater in a cellar in Vienna, say hi. (laughs) Make sure to say hi. (laughs) Yeah. But I think the picture of someone, whether it's someone who can make decisions or can't or is very structured or not, it never says anything about the person. So I don't know. We're all just very different and it's okay to be chaotic and indecisive and it's okay to be really planned out but I think it's just important to always keep an eye open for new possibilities oh my god what is this what are we even talking about we completely went off the idea you know why because we're disconnecting we are disconnecting I think we are really not excited about this topic because it's what we've been doing all week yeah and now we have to analyze it very weird very weird i don't want this to be like a self-help talk yeah but neither but i think the i think the point is (laughs) that i have definitely you know gained consciousness on my couch and had the thoughts of what the hell am i doing and what what day is it like what am i even doing here what have i been doing for the last eight hours and i think that's definitely an indicator like i'm sorry i don't believe this bullshit like yeah things are just boring and there's just nothing to do i think it's an indicator that we're all obviously stressed and we need to take care of ourselves Hmm. and that things it's okay, but things are not great right now. And I think we really need to just, uh, again, self-help. Whatever. Be nice to ourselves. <laughs> just drop it. Maybe our audience will love it. <laughs> Book release coming soon. No, but I had this conversation with my therapist because I was saying also back to this disconnected self, I was saying, you know, there are all these sides to me and I don't know who I am and I don't know who they are and I'm just confused and I'm annoyed. And, you know, part of finding out your diagnosis or your pathology is once you know what you have, you know how to take care of it and you know how to care for yourself. And I said, like, that's my biggest struggle because if I don't know what's wrong with me, then how am I supposed to fix it? Hmm. And And he just said, which is very rare for him to say, you need to become more tolerant of yourself. Like, be patient with yourself. Be nicer to yourself. Get to know these different sides. Not that I have like a personality disorder, but 
No, it's just that you have different characteristics. But just pay attention yeah. to them because they're all you, and there is no such thing as this completely co like cohesive self. That yeah. somebody is just one person. So spend time to, if you realize that you're having like a day and you're like, wow, I really don't feel like I usually do today, or I feel pretty different. Just look like look at it and try to understand what it is or what side of you that is yeah and this really in me brings up i don't know is it anger i don't know it's like this question you know when people as i said before it's always like this you need to find yourself and you need to know who you are but i think there's a big misconception around that it's not that there's that one day you wake up or you sit on a fucking beach in, I don't know, Brazil, and you suddenly realize, oh my God, this is me. This is the light in me. I think it's a really long process, like a lifelong process. And then just accepting what we mentioned before, just like with your body, that there are sides of you that are a certain way that you may not like, or that you react to certain environments and there's narcissistic parts of you and really amazing fun positive parts of you and depressed parts of you and that all of this together makes a whole picture yes i have an example so for me i consider myself a very very stable person on the outside so everyone <laughs> I think this could be completely wrong, but my thought is that people perceive me to be quite stable and pretty relaxed. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but there's one thing that makes me really lose my shit. And this is when I feel like somebody rejected me or is abandoning me or disappearing. And this is similar to actually the ghosting episode, but... Um, when I get a sense that somebody is disappearing, abandoning me, rejecting me, and this can be in the most subtle way possible. This could be me saying somebody, saying somebody. This could be me, I don't know, making a joke and somebody not reacting. Mm. And I just feel rejected. I really have very, very intense, terrible emotions around that topic. And inside of me, I really feel as if something died. And what was my point? Well, it was an example of like having a cohesive self or kind oh, of yes, realizing. Yes. <laughs> Again, you disconnected. Oh fuck? my god, what's happening? This is We're so literally funny. acting out this episode <laughs> right now. Okay, so anyway, there's this side of me which is very, very ugly. And I think it's not that it's this way for other people but when i think about myself and i think about this horrible fear of rejection this like crazy desire to be accepted and to be looked at it's pathetic mm. and it makes me so disgusted with myself and i think what the hell is wrong with you get a life um, but it is a part of me that's so so easily triggered and so sensitive and I can't just get rid of it I can't just decide that I don't want it it will always be there and I think the only solution is to take care of it and to be nice to it because it's not gonna go away yeah 
and you just have to kind of deal with it. I know now that when I feel rejected or I feel like somebody doesn't accept me, I'm going to feel absolutely fucking horrible. And I just need to like know how to take care of myself when I'm feeling that way. Mm. That is so true. And this really, yeah, this says it all. There are just parts of ourselves that we have to accept and learn, as you say, just how to deal with it. And I have something similar where I also really always struggled with it. And there was so much shame involved and still is. But and I know that you know this, but other than that, none of my closest friends know this, but it's I don't know, I'm actually not really ashamed to share it, but ever since I had an eating disorder, I've just really been struggling with binge eating. And you know this, and it can mm -hmm. be considered just a bad habit or a way to cope in certain situations. And I'm dealing with it in, in my therapy and stuff, but that's a part of me that I really, really don't like, but also just don't understand. Because for me, it's so far away from everything I think I am. Yeah. And it's for me, it's completely split off. And I'm like, this is just not me. But still, I do it sometimes and sometimes more and sometimes I don't for months or even a year and stuff. But there is a part of me that is being triggered and then I act out in that way. And I used to really punish myself for that, which in the end just keeps the wheel spinning and then you come back in this vicious circle. And now I think I'm much better with it because I'm learning, slowly, slowly learning just to accept that this part exists. Yeah. And I need to learn, or, and I am, to, to deal with it otherwise. But it just takes time. And there is a part of me that I don't like very much. Just like with our bodies, there are things that we don't like very much. But we will grow into it and learn how to deal with it. And that's also me yeah it's also you and i really really reject this phrase that people use that when they say like um yes i have this or i do this but it's not who i am mm. and it doesn't define me yes it does it defines you because it's a part of you and you shouldn't like just by rejecting it you're just in denial of the fact that that is part of what defines you yeah Like, it's not going to be a whole list of positive things that make you who you are. That's bullshit. But I think there's just this innate need in us humans to label things. Just as there's this innate part in us that needs to diagnose things. Because it's easier than, as you said, you also want to have a certainty and you want to have a manual. And you know when you have A, then you can do B. Mm -hmm. So we always have this need to label like for me also when i'm drunk i have some cigarettes i'm sorry i need to share this and it's okay and i'm okay with that yeah and i don't consider myself a smoker but sometimes i have one two three cigarettes and i'm fine with that but it's so funny because then people are always like carla you are a smoker yeah and i'm like sometimes sometimes like sometimes at a party yeah i'm a smoker And I think that's actually the healthiest way to be because you're not going to be the same all the time. And it's, it really reminds me of when people ask me, I don't know why so many people ask me this, but it's especially when you start like dating people or you're on a date 
people ask you, um, do you do any drugs? Hmm. Or like, are you a drug user? <laughs> and I'm just like, that's such a weird question because I've done drugs. Some I only did once. Some I did more times. And sometimes I had phases where I did drugs and sometimes I yes. didn't. But like, why do I have to have one answer to that? And why do I need yes, to exactly. like, have one concept of who I am in relation to drugs? It's just something that I do sometimes or not. Exactly. And for me, it's also the same with cigarettes. People yeah. are like, oh, so you're a smoker now? Are you smoking now? And then I'm like, well, I haven't smoked for two years, <laughs> but now I sometimes enjoy one. And then I go through phases where I smoke more and then I just stop completely again. Like it's... and. The funny thing for me is that I'm so, I'm so fine with that, but it's the other people yeah. are also stressing, but I don't want to project everything on everyone else. I'm sure that I unconsciously also sometimes ask stuff like this. You know what I mean? Because as I said, there is a wish of us to like yeah. label people or label things and be like, this is this way and this is that way. But it's funny, this conversation actually made me feel much better <laughs> about not being the same all the time yeah because i am really jealous of those people usually yeah oh do you know oh my god this is actually the funniest thing because you mentioned before when you feel like you're really not yourself is when you feel rejected or abandoned yeah you know when i this is really the strongest times when i really feel like another person is when i'm sick this is very weird Whoa. yeah when i'm sick and i'm lying in bed with the flu or even a cold it doesn't matter i kid you not i become a different person i become very very whiny mm -hmm. very insecure and very dependent weird really i can have like a runny nose and i feel like the world is ending and it's funny because whenever i sick whenever i'm sick I have, I have the feeling, this really intense feeling of being in contact, like in very close contact with my mom. And I always call my mom oh my and then God. I'm just like, what should I do? And she's like, I don't know, go to the pharmacy, you know? But it's really not like I'm intensely sick. It's just, you have it's, a cold. yeah, it's such a regression. And that's, that's when I really so feel crazy. like not myself. Yeah, it's very weird. I think it's really funny that we're both having problems also with our speech. <laughs> <This episode>? Yes. <laughs> True, even though I don't know how much it's going to stay in this episode like, because you are what editing. What is going on? Yeah, well, it's a disconnection from everything. Speaking of disconnection, I think, to disconnect? I think we slowly should yeah. disconnect. I think this episode might have been quite, I don't know. I don't know. I hope it wasn't too like self-help talk or philosophical, but you know, some weeks just are like that or just about nothing. Nothing and everything. But you know what? That's the topic. It is yeah, nothing. And it is interesting we've mentioned before, but seriously, whenever we decide on a topic, this happens. Like this week, this feeling comes up or we just become more aware of it. And it's so weird that while we were recording about disconnection, yes. we really disconnected. Like we I've really zoned did. off a few times Same. while we were talking. I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Well, let's just hope our listeners did not disconnect when they hear this. Like, oh, guys, true. are you still there? 
This is like when I teach yoga at the end in Shavasana, when you have to bring people back. Guys, you're still there. Please slowly come back to this room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a... There's a tip for dissociation. Oh. If you're in a room and somebody is dissociating, the best way to get them out of it is by touch. Okay. Just a little, uh, <laughs> little tip for you guys. <laughs> when you kn- but that, that means you need to know that they are dissociating, which often you don't see. Um, I think you do see it. Yeah? If, I mean, like, if it's really serious. Yeah. If they're just zoning out, then I would just ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> just keep talking. <laughs> but if you feel like somebody really isn't present, yeah. just, like, but imagine, lightly tap their... Imagine you tap them and they're like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. And you're like, I have the feeling you zoned off. And they're like, no, no, I'm good. You're just like, just checking on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... All right. As always, guys, please let us know your experiences with this topic. If you can relate to it, what you thought about this episode. If you listened. Yes. And also, please, please, please give us your ideas for more episodes. We're at the point where we are recording everything, kind of all topics. Yeah, seriously. And there's nothing to filter out. Some work, some don't work. We post it anyway, and we yeah. just hope for the best. So really, anything that crosses your mind. Yeah, and have a good week when you're yes. listening. Try not to be too disconnected, but yeah. if you are, don't beat yourself up about it, and hope you enjoy your week. <laughs> Bye.